Welcome to the break, everyone. This is Megan Engels, and we are back with the best podcast out there. And we finally made it to episode 16. Joining me, as usual, are my little pit bulls, Justin and Phil. Ooh, well, I guess great. Phil's not so little. <laughs> I'm 6'5". I haven't been little since I was like two <laughs> years old. And by the way, 16th, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use this opportunity to uh, promote my damn self. Uh, my birthday is on the 16th, so this is officially Phil Takeover, the birthday episode. And you've made it about yourself in less than 30 seconds. I'm impressed. Uh, It's not just going to be about you. I'm sorry to break that to you, Phil. We've got a few things. February is a big month. It's Black History Month. It's also Valentine's Day tomorrow. Also, it's the All-Star Weekend. And in Canada, we have Family Day. So you picked kind of the worst month to make about yourself, pretty much. Hold on. I picked the worst month to be born. I'm not pretending to (laughs) argue this one. Get out of here. Well, I'll let you recover from that, and we'll be right back in a second. All right, guys, welcome back. So it is February, it is Black History Month, and I actually read something not really interesting, but kind of, I guess, uh, coming out of Boston. So the Boston Police Department basically did a huge fuck up and decided to honor a white guy, not only a white guy, but a white guy in the NBA, which is also a little harder to find and honor him for Black History Month. They picked former Celtics coach and President Red Ockerback for being the first NBA coach to draft a black player. Okay, how how did you botch that? Sorry. Red Auerbach, come on. One of the greatest coaches in NBA history. Sorry, I added an extra K in there. (laughs) I'm surprised they didn't honor their their great player, Larry Byard. (laughs) Thanks. Um, anyway, so they basically fucked up and decided to honor him instead of picking possibly uh, Bill Russell, who they did end up switching over after they deleted that tweet. They then tweeted out and said that they're honoring just Bill Russell. Basically, they could have picked pretty much any other person and it would have been fine. Uh, who would you guys have picked? Oh, man. You can't make a worse choice. I see what you can't make a worse choice, though, than they did. Well, I, I think their, their whole thing was that the, I, I think Auerbach was the first po- uh, coach to play a, a black player, and, and that's what they were trying to go for, which uh, Cedric Max, well, one, one of their former players, and uh, a retired jersey there, as Paul Pierce liked to rip on him <laughs> uh, for this past week. He, he said that it doesn't have to, to be a, an African-American honored for Black History Month. Um, but yeah, it, it was it's a bad look, and it's an even worse look when you're talking about Boston, given their history. Um, they, they, they could have gone so many different directions. I think Bill Russell would have been a great way to go, especially because he, there were some tensions there when, when he was in Boston, racial tensions and a lot of things that he overcame. So um, I, I think it probably wouldn't be as tone deaf if they went that direction. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, totally, and considering he has 11 rings. Exactly. I mean, they even mentioned him. The fact that he was also obviously mentioned in the tweet just as not the honor honorary person in the tweet was a little blindsided on their behalf. Uh, yeah, anyway, Phil, who would you pick? I mean, 
you could go old school like that, or you could have even just piggybacked off the Paul Pierce thing, right? Like, considering that you're retiring him anyways, it, like, it would have been a really, really easy segue, which would have gotten the approval of the whole city. Yeah, for sure. So, I, yeah, I, I mean, look, I'm a huge KG fan. I probably would have gone that way, but I think the easy, like, win-win solution would have been Paul Pierce. And look, Isaiah Thomas is in the Western Conference, so he wouldn't have stolen his, his breasts. And uh, it would have been Paul Pierce all day. You know what? They could have even picked Isaiah Thomas, and it, uh, the city loved him so much. I don't even think that would have that would have been an even better choice. Uh, anyways, we'll let the Boston PD try and recover from that, and I'll be back with you guys in just a minute. All right. So coming up this weekend is the NBA All Star Weekend. So. I watched the All-Star Weekend for the drama, and since nobody was spilling any major tea during the untelevised player draft, I'm going to be wait, waiting for it to be spilled during the All-Star game. My banking is going to be on KD and Westbrook. Uh, who do you guys think is going to get into it? I don't think there's going to be any drama in the actual game. I think all the, the most interesting parts... Um, from a drama drama standpoint, uh, would have come from the draft and and kind of the conversation surrounding that. Uh, it is disappointing that they haven't gone with that, and, and it's also disappointing that when they're when they're doing away with the East and West when it comes to who they're selecting and how these teams are going to go. When you're talking about the replacements, what why the hell does it still have to be from the East and West? Like the East has gone through like four or five injury replacements, and it's like, oh well, now we got to get Goran Dragic and Kemba Walker while while Chris Paul is sitting at home. Like, at this point, Chris Paul needs to be in the All-Star game. They, they need to get the actual talent in there because um, and any drama that they're trying to conjure up, it, it's all going to be manufactured and it's going to be fake. <laughs> the actual drama is whether or not they can get the best players into that game. I've got a backup plan to just watch your Twitter feed if I need some fill for some drama. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> See, that's a good strategy. Yeah, and at the yeah. same point, like, this whole situation, I feel like they're going, like, one foot in instead of two feet in. Like, they're not actually televising exa- exactly like Justin just said, grabbing from the east and the west. What they should have done is just, if you're injured, have that person pick. Who 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 does that person choose to replace himself over the whole list or something really weird like that? I think that I actually really like that idea. I also, I think, too, they should just get rid of the positions as well. Like, they really pick based on that as well. And especially during the game, it's for charity. Nobody's going to re- be playing defensively, really, because everyone it's just about getting shots in. And again, it's for charity, so there's no real, no one's playing defense. So they should just get rid of that as well. Yeah, but they don't really play defense in the regular season. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, I mean there who's actually going to play defense makes the only thing he can do is what Andre Drummond. I don't think he's going to get much run, to be honest. I mean, my other backup plan to make the whole weekend a little bit more interesting, I think that they should just play vintage Vince Carter dunk clips on a Jumbotron, and we can just watch everyone's reaction to that, because I could watch that all day. I think people have watched that kind of enough. Like, like I get what you mean. Maybe it's you can intro. never watch that enough. Be, be, be careful, Phil. Be careful. It, are, are you about to slander Vince the dunk contest? I'm not slandering. I'm, I'm not going to stand for you that. You can really you can watch have a all Vince. the outrageous opinions you want, but don't don't put that shit on. I'm not slandering at all. I'm saying dunk. they should they should totally have it as maybe the intro to the dunk contest. I think it's that iconic. I'm not trying to downplay it. I just no, think I'm up. I'm gonna upplay it and say they should just play it on repeat. 
There's no downplaying it. They Why would anyone watch it instead of just watching play. highlight videos of Vince Carter? It doesn't make sense. What they should do, and I know we've been arguing this forever, is have one-on-one -on -one competitions. That's the only thing that matters. Something that you actually get them motivated they're to play. They're not going to do I know that. They're, they're not going to be that they, motivated. Nobody cares. These guys just play. <laughs> they're putting up 140. Nobody cares. You sound like you care. I only care because <laughs> it's so stupid. Nobody, like, it doesn't mean anything. There's only like one or two competitions that actually gives any kind of excitement. And the stars don't really play in the dunk. The, the only thing that actually matters is almost a three-point competition. Everything else is a joke. I mean, uh... <laughs> I think I would disagree with you just a little bit. It's definitely, last year, I mean, I think fell completely flat. Last year, I think was probably one of the worst all-star weekends in a while but also i think there's gonna be a lot more star power in general it's gonna be a lot heavy celebrities there i think that will at least make it a little bit more interesting yeah i i'm all, i'm always down for the fun of it i mean if who, who wants uh, another competition where we're taking things way too seriously i'm fine with them just kind of playing around for three quarters and if, if the score is close then then they dig in and, and pride sets in especially when it's for money um, I, I, there's nothing you're going to do to get these guys to take it seriously throughout the whole thing. It, it's just fun, Phil. Like, you, you gotta, you gotta take a step back and just enjoy it for what it is. Exactly, like Justin's Twitter feed. <laughs> exactly, or everything I do. Uh, well... Phil, I'm going to demand that you watch Vince Carter dunk right during this break. And if you don't get hyped up when you get back, I just, I don't know what I think of you anymore. So we'll be right back. I watch it all the time. Total respect. I was, he was my hero growing up. <laughs> man, half man, half amazing. The whole method man thing. Don't, don't Wait, even question my you think Carter You love. think about what, you think about what you said. What are you putting me in timeout? Yes. Two minutes in the penalty box. All right, guys, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, so I thought we would end the show off with a little bit of trade line, trade deadline love, especially after all that hate that was spewed on Precious Vince last take. So what do you guys think? Who's going to be basking in the love most tomorrow? And who's going to be feeling like a sad child with a Valentine's less box hanging off the edge of their desk and i hope that doesn't hit too close to home to either of you well transitioning <laughs> from the dunk contest talk we're going to go with a dunk contest competitor and uh, a guy that is looking like a snack larry nance um i i think he's uh, someone that's going to flourish in a new situation um he's been doing the little things and things that help teams win uh, for a while now, just on a team that had no possible possible chance of winning. Um, he, he's someone that is, is really going to, as you said, shine in, in that light in his new situation. And I think he's going to be a big-time difference maker. And already he's going to be a fan favorite because his dad's history in Cleveland, right? Exactly. So it's a pretty easy one. Listen, I, I would love to go to the Cavaliers. Um because everyone knows George Hill and all these guys are my boys, but I'm actually going to go a little bit off the beaten path, and I'm actually going to say Marco Bellinelli uh, pick up in, in Philly. Ooh, don't hate that. I think that's actually a good one. Um, J.J. Reddick's dealing with some injury concerns. Good backup there. Another guy who can shoot and spread the floor, which is great with all the guys who handle the ball on that team. I think um, I, I think that was a really underrated pickup. Uh, anytime you can add veteran shooting to a team that wants to get into the playoffs, especially... 
you know, that like that two guard position is just locked up for them there. I mean, th- th- there's no question that the Cavaliers won the trade deadline. I mean, we, uh, we could talk the value of Hood, of Hill, of all these guys. I just think they totally redid the entire team. They got rid of everyone that doesn't need to be there. They the, the pecking order makes sense. LeBron, Love, and then you know, uh, the King's Horsemen. And every and they're long, they're they're deep, and it works out. But yeah, I think my Philly love. Yeah, I think the biggest surprise too with the Cavs was just that you never really win. I've you know never really thought of a team winning the trade deadline by dropping a lot of talent like that was. It was a very odd thing that obviously was but the right they dropped choice for talent them. That wasn't being talented for Ex- them. I mean, exactly. Look, if, you, if you look at who they got rid of, who was actually doing anything for them? What that lottery protected, uh, protected lottery uh, draft pick? No, Isaiah Thomas for all he did in Boston did, was doing nothing. Like, uh, um, I think Jordan Clarkson's going to replace what he did alone. And then you have, you know, uh, Jay Crowder, who in Boston was was amazing, but was doing nothing in Cleveland. And you replaced him with four legit rotation guys. And like I was saying to Justin um, on the other side, I actually think part of what's amazing about it is not even the talent. I think it's incredible talent. Guys like Hood and Hill are so underrated, but it's how it's going to motivate Tristan Thompson and J.R. Smith. We've already said, and, and yes, I didn't give J.R. Smith enough uh, enough kudos for picking up the slack earlier than the trades. Well, I'll, give, I'll give Justin that credit. But we're seeing Larry Nance put up some numbers. That's just going to help to motivate Tristan Thompson. And if you can get Thompson and JR motivated and back to the, how they played when they won that championship, and we all remember how they played, JR Smith was like a top three player in that team. That defense he played and his huge shots was a game changer. If you can get those two back on track, plus adding four rotation players, this is by far uh, one of the biggest deadlines I've ever seen, and this is my cup of tea. Man, Phil, you're all fired up today. He, he's on point. <laughs> yeah, like this is something different. I mean, this time he's on point. <laughs> Before it was just outer trash, and, and he, that should all be deleted. But there you go, Phil. You bounced back. You recovered well. Well, you know I'm basically uh, just a bitter nine-year-old in like a, in a younger man's body, just making fun of all the all the hoodlums and all these. Uh, all these. Yeah. Uh, I just hate the All Star weekend. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna that's say why, it. that's why he's fired up. Every time we want to get Phil mad, we have to talk about the All Star weekend. I guess. Uh, Justin, what do you think about the Lakers' pickup of it? I mean, they have no intention of keeping him there. Um, it's. I mean, it is. Did we see this coming with Isaiah Thomas? If you think back to the playoffs last year, where basically he played grief stricken through the playoffs, and then now he's on his third team I like did anybody see this coming and now you're like he's not going to be there for a while he's going to be on a fourth team I just don't know I mean I don't think any part of it is is due to the injury I I did see this coming when it comes to how he could fit alongside other high usage all-stars that's that's why I wrote back in September that the Cavs should trade him in a first round pick for either Patrick Beverly or George Hill Um, so I've been on that bandwagon for a while um, but no, it, it's how he's bounced around the, the drop off in value going from uh, desiring a brings the truck getting backed up and, and a max contract to now where he probably won't even get the mid-level exception. Um, so I, I don't think anyone saw that because uh, most people didn't know the severity of his hip. But in terms of personality and the way that he fits alongside teammates, that that's something that that was a little easier. Yeah, to but I don't. If you look back at his time with Boston, Boston loved him. Like he got 
like it's just so well, weird the, the, that see, I they, find okay, this being took, such a thing now. He took a shot on well, every the possession. Modern Allen he took, Iverson, yeah, the he took a shot on every possession. And there, there was still talk of like teammates not liking him. Uh, he questioned Brad Stevens' play calling all the time uh, towards the end there. Um, like there, there were all those issues there, but Boston does a good job covering the uh, the team and, and covering up those type of thing with Rondo until he was out of town, even though a little bit more of that uh, came out when, when Rondo went after Doc Rivers. Like it, to say that there wasn't negative stories about IT coming out of Boston while he was there is kind of like saying that the Russian press doesn't uh, doesn't say anything bad about Putin. Like, of course that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I guess, fair. I, I don't think there's a chance he's a Laker next year. I think they're going to save their pennies for a real all-star. And and he's going to go sign with some... I, I honestly think he's going to do what George Hill did in this offseason. Maybe not Sacramento, but I can see him going to a terrible team and saying, listen, I'm just going to make big money, put up big numbers on a team that doesn't matter. I think that's... And honestly, if I was him, that's what I'd do too. Like, wherever you can get the most money, and no credible team that's trying to win is going to throw you as much money as you want. So you have to go to a team that's either well under or who just uh, needs you to put some fans in the seats. Well, who who do you guys think is going to be feeling a little rough tomorrow? Who's still got the trade deadline hangover? And they're going to be nursing it with Valentine's Day chocolates. Tyreek Evans. I mean, they, they sat him because they told him he was going to get traded, and he's still sitting there in Memphis. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, I'm not sure how you get back from that one. Uh, when you're telling someone you're sitting them because you're going to trade them, and then you don't, and so you're basically hurting his own stock by not playing, uh, that, uh, that's a tough one. And you trade him in the offseason, like, I don't know if you traded bird rights at that point, but uh, Tyreek Evans was playing almost at an all-star level, and he deserved to be on a better team. So yeah, that whole Memphis situation is complete trash right now. But at least they get a good draft pick. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. I will give you guys some time to send me my chocolates that you'll be sending me tomorrow for Valentine's Day. So thank you. And, <laughs> and we'll be right back. I, I, I've eaten them all already. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. Thank you guys for joining us. We talked a little bit about Black History Month. We got into the All-Star Weekend. Phil got really mad. And we ended off with uh, some Valentine's Day. Who's going to be sad tomorrow and who's going to be happier? Uh, thanks for listening. And remember, guys, uh, subscribe to us, like our channels, wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes. And we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks so much. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. <laughs>